0: Hey folks, I'm Nick DeLisandro, and this is Wait 5 Minutes, a podcast about Florida by a Floridian. This week, the barefoot mailman. The story of how they came to be, their treks along the east coast of Florida, and how the mailmen kept us connected. My guest this week is Rose Guerrero.
1: I'm Rose Guerrero, the Research Director of the Historical Society of Palm Beach County, and we're inside the Richard and Pat Johnson Palm Beach County History Museum.
0: Which is, this is the old courthouse, this is the original courthouse. It's the
1: original 1916 courthouse.
0: By the way, before we start talking about the barefoot mailman itself, I want to tell you that where Rose and I are standing is uh, the places exhibit within the museum. And one of the things featured in this exhibit is sort of a soundscape of Florida nature. So you're going to hear birds and frogs and water and all sorts of like natural Florida animal sounds that they have in the area. I've been to a few museums that have something similar to this, so it is going to be playing in the background of Rose and I's conversation. I think it adds a a really cool ambiance to that, so I just wanted to warn you, you didn't think that there was a, a band of frogs approaching your location, wherever you're listening to the show. This building was built in 1916?
1: It was. It was originally designed to open by 1916, hmm. obviously. Uh, Things were changing in the United States. We were going to war Mm. and They postponed a little bit. There was no celebration It opened to the public in 1917 Okay, but the first person to work here started working here around April of 1916 There was too much construction going on down in Clempada Street, which has not changed
0: I was gonna say there. I mean, I'm looking up those windows and I could see construction right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah So when did it become a museum?
1: It became a museum in 2008. So this building had gone through many different redos and designs. It um, had to continually be expanded upon because Palm Beach County continues even today to grow. And there were not enough courtrooms in this 1916 uh, neoclassical architecture building. So they kept building around it.
0: Mm This building is very unique. It truly looks like it was built in 1916, while everything around it is a a rising skyline of Palm Beach. I haven't spent much time in this city specifically, I'm more often in Jupiter to the north, but this city has its charms, this museum being one of them. Across the street from the museum, which is housed inside of the old courthouse, is the current courthouse, or at least one of them, which is massive and dominating. The original courthouse is much smaller in stature, though lovely in design. Rose mentions a few redesigns that the building went through, including one in the mid-20th century, where the building, and one that was built behind it, had been literally surrounded by another building. Seriously, there was the original courthouse, then there was basically a copy of the courthouse built directly behind it, and then in the 70s, they built this, like, big, square, complex around these pairs of courthouses. So it was like a weird shell building. I'll post a picture of it. It is so weird. I've never seen anything like it. It was like a cocoon, basically. But as all cocoons, it was eventually destroyed and the inner building was restored to its natural beauty. It was very strange for a time. But the museum now is a fascinating, beautiful structure from around the World War I era.
1: So we're in the Places Gallery right now, looking at all the different environments that make up Palm Beach County. And we put the Barefoot Mailman in here because he walked all these different environments. He walked through swampland, bush, beaches. He, He experienced it all through walking. And so we thought this would be a really great place to show how you can get around the Palm Beaches.
0: Alright, let's talk about it. They were called the Mail walkers at the time, but that phrase, the Barefoot Mailman, it certainly has a, a, a sort of pizzazz to it. It's, it's a more attractive title than just the Mail Walkers. They walked the mail. No, the Barefoot Mailman. There's certainly a folklore element to it, right? Well, well what, what were they? What did they do? Who were they?
1: Well, they weren't really called barefoot mailmen until later. That's a popular, you know, word that we use today. That was populated by a author uh, that wrote several books about Palm Beach County in Florida. Um, but they were actually called the mailwalkers, and this was a very unique system that developed in the Lake Worth area in 1885. There were several different forms of mail systems going on during this pioneer time. Um, You needed to be inventive in how you heard from your family members and your businesses and so forth. You needed to be able to spread information. And it was a very difficult place to get to, Mm. Lake Worth area. Um, There were no roads really down here. There were paths, walkway paths and things like that. And people would uh, use boats to get around. But... Getting to places without roads is very difficult.
0: Rose mentions Lake Worth there. That is a city south of where we currently are, but this entire area is called the Lake Worth region because, well, of course, it is next to an area that is called Lake Worth or the Lake Worth Lagoon. Named for a general in the U.S. Army named William J. Worth, who served during the Second Seminole War.
1: And I mean, so I'm, there were pathways, and the pathways were, were designed by military occupation sure. down here, and construction that was going on. But there was really nothing further south from here except for Miami, and nothing really in between. So you have these very spread out, settled areas. And right. you were in swampland and or just land with very few white
0: occupants. Right.
1: And uh, while there were a good amount of European migrants, The majority of people that were coming down here were coming from Michigan, New York, uh, far north states that were looking for places to farm. Right. And so they were also looking for ways that they could communicate with their family. Right. And it would take up to eight to nine weeks just to get one letter. And the route was crazy.
0: Okay, we need to talk about the mail system at the time, because frankly, it is kind of insane the amount of effort that had to go into getting mail into this area at the time. You have to remember that Henry Flagler had not yet truly developed the railroad along the East Coast. That was very soon on the horizon. In fact, it was beginning right around the time of the Barefoot Mailman, but there was no way to properly get mail south because this area was so swampy, had so many rivers, such dense foliage, and the beaches were really the only way to do that or by boat, and that just took forever. So that just meant that the system to get mail from place to place was more trouble than it was worth. If you look at a map of Florida right now, and we're talking about getting from essentially the Jupiter Inlet all the way down to Miami. Now, those are very far from each other. I I mean, if you look at a map, if you're talking about walking your human feet down that distance that that's quite some time but it wasn't that far but if you look at a map if you chart the course right now from jupiter down to miami if you were taking a car right now it would take you just under an hour and a half to get from jupiter to miami If you were walking, now obviously we have sidewalks and trails and lots of ways to get around by foot as a pedestrian. But if you were walking right now from Jupiter to Miami, it would take you over a day if you were walking straight. It is 90 miles. That is a considerable distance. But... 90 miles, 30 hours. If you're walking, th- that takes you, what, two, three days? This is basically the kind of system that was developed, but before we had people walking the mail down to Miami, we had a different system, and that system, frankly, is insane. You have to hear this from Rose. I, I could not believe it, the amount of work that they went through to go basically 100 miles down the East Coast.
1: I was just rereading yeah. to remind myself
0: do you Whatever have a picture of it? Was.
1: I don't have a full picture. I have a description of it, and I, I really liked how it was said in a letter. Um, during this period, it took up to eight weeks for a letter to get from Palm Beach to Miami.
0: Palm Beach? Wait, did you say eight weeks? <laughs>
1: to Miami from Palm Beach, which <laughs> stop, 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 really, it takes a 45 far. to an hour, two-hour drive. Yeah if you're really you know having heavy traffic today
0: i drove from orlando today it was two hours and 45 minutes there you go and so you're
1: seeing that the mail was taking eight weeks to go from (laughs) Palm beach jupiter area all the way down to biscayne bay
0: oh that's so so funny so
1: that was an horrible period of time that people were trying to communicate with one another so they needed to come up with a better system and the system that they currently had was crazy And that when you were trying to send a letter to anyone, it would go from Jupiter to the Indian River to Titusville by steamer. And then from Titusville, it would go to Palatka up the St. Johns River Mm -hmm. to Jacksonville. And then from Jacksonville, it went across the Cedar Keys on a little railroad that they had Mm -hmm. over there um, across to um, Tampa and then to Key West from Jacksonville. So it it went across the state, it went up north, across the state, and down to Key West. And from Key West, they would take a little boat on a schooner and it would make its way up to Miami.
0: Why would they go all the way up and around? There was just no- There was
1: really no pathway from the Palm Beaches down to Miami that was accessible because of the way that the waters are. Trying to get a big boat out, you would take for mail every week, yeah, you would take a big boat out just to go down to Miami, probably monetarily it wasn't feasible.
0: So I know Florida has a weird shape and I know we have weird ways to get around, but but think about what she's talking about. We're in Jupiter, Palm Beach, the, the areas north of Miami, the Jupiter Inlet area, Lake Worth area. We're trying to get mail essentially a hundred miles south. So instead of just going south, we went all the way north And then all the way west, and then all the way south to the Keys, which is so far, so, so far out there. And then from there, they would go up to Miami. I mean, it is the most circuitous route possible. It's so funny to me to imagine that they were like, well, we can't get down to Miami, the obvious route is to go all the way around. We, we can't get through all that. It's, it's so funny to me. So that is why, naturally, you know, necessity breeds invention. Is that the phrase? Necessity breeds? The Necessity is the mother of invention. That's the phrase. That is what's happening here. So the barefoot mailman came from that concept.
1: So by 1885, they've really decided, you know what? We need to figure this out. Eight weeks is just not practical for the work that's going on here. We really need to start um, having better communication with our neighbors down south. And so they developed this link between the Lake Worth area and the Miami area in which barefoot men would walk along the beach to avoid the swamps and the dangers that were there. And they would walk this lovely stretch of, I think it was 136 miles, 80 by foot, and 56-ish miles by a small boat and this was the system that they set up with the united states mail carriers Mm. and so a boat was set up at every inlet that they would be passing through to give them an opportunity to have some type of boat transportation so there was um the jupiter inlet the Lake Worth Inlet, and the Biscayne Bay Inlet. So there were three boats along the way designated specifically for mail carriers. And so they would walk this route, and it was about 7,000 miles every year.
0: Sheesh. I mean, were they walking 80 miles? They were doing this 136 a day or a week?
1: It was a week. So it actually was a five-day route. Okay. And so they would watch it, walk it every week. Okay. Starting Monday morning, they'd get up in the morning, collect the mail up in Jupiter walk for the day, make their way to the Lake Worth area, They had resting stops, um, places where they could receive food and a place to stay at the Houses of Refuge, which Mm. was a system along the coast that was designed by the U.S. government to help any refugee in need from shipwrecks and so forth.
0: Really? I had no idea about this. Yes. Houses of Refuge?
1: They were called Houses of Refuge. There were several of them along the East Coast, um, as well as other types of Houses of Refuge that were part of the East Coast in northern states because of shipwrecks.
0: Let's talk about the Houses of Refuge, because as you can hear, I've never heard of them, which is very strange for me. I've read so much Florida stuff, you'd be surprised how often I am surprised by something I'd never heard of. So the Houses of Refuge is truly a blind spot for me, and they have a very, very fascinating history. To understand the Houses of Refuge, you have to understand the group that ran them. They were very aptly named. They were called the United States Life Saving Service. I don't think there's any room for interpretation of what their job was. In 1848, they were formed with the specific goal of saving people from shipwrecks off of America's coasts. Systems like the Life Saving Service had existed before, but they weren't government organizations. Now, the US government was putting a specific effort into saving shipwrecked sailors. This meant that there were folks on boats out on the water specifically looking for shipwrecked sailors, and other times, it meant that they were on the shore operating a house of refuge. After the Civil War, the Life-Saving Service developed 10 of these houses of refuge along the coast of Florida. Five first in 1876 and another five in 1885-1886, near the beginning of the barefoot mailman era. Now, these weren't government structures with employees just sitting around waiting for trouble. They were called houses for a reason. The men who were employed by the service lived in the houses with their families. That was like part of the plan for the house. Some of the original houses are still in existence and some of them were converted into Coast Guard offices when the Life Saving Service joined with the United States Revenue Cutter Service to become the U.S. Coast Guard. They deserve their own episode in the future. It's a fascinating story, we will come back to it, but these houses of refuge were safe spaces for the barefoot mailmen to rest. So
1: they were community homes that where people could rent out a room, the U.S. Mail service was paying for that service because it was a government home. Houses of refuge were designated by the government mm. for this need. And so our barefoot mailman would walk from the Jupiter House of Refuge and Life Saving Station up there all the way to the Lake Worth Orange Grove House of Refuge, which was kept by the Pierce family at that time. In the late 1880s, 1890s, is when the Pierce family were the keepers of those houses of Mm. refuge. So the barefoot mailman would walk from Jupiter to Lake Worth, spend the night there, which would be Monday night. And then he would walk to Miami on Tuesday. Mm.
0: Rose added a correction later on. The barefoot mailman would go from Jupiter to Lake Worth and Fort Lauderdale as well before reaching Miami proper. Lake Worth, Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale.
1: And all the small little towns in between. So you have all these little itsy bitsy beach towns and so forth, we'll call them beach towns today, the little farm towns Mm. that people needed to get their mail. Crossing all these inlets that he came upon, deliver the mail wherever he came across a mail house, which was a desk in either a home or business.
0: You're gesturing to to this desk. This desk was where, precisely? This was
1: Brailsford's desk. And so the Brailsford's brothers had a grocery store and a post office, which they opened in 1887 in Palm Beach. And it was one of several post offices that had occurred in the Lake Worth area.
0: If you didn't catch that name, that is Brelsford, spelled B-R-E-L-S-F-O-R-D, as in E.M. Brelsford. He is widely considered to be the pioneer of the city of Palm Beach. This was his desk that we are standing next to in the museum right now, the actual desk.
1: And so they actually had originally planned to name their post office Palm City, but we know that that exists already up north and so when they had sent off their letter expecting to name their off their post office palm city it came back later saying you have to come up with a new name a guest inside their grocery store said well why don't we call it palm beaches because we have the beautiful palms and the beaches around us so that's how we got our name from the post office
0: that's Awesome. That, that's crazy. <laughs> so wild that that, that that is the origin of that. Yeah. I love I love that we've been trying to name stuff the same general stuff for a hundred and something years. Well, you name
1: what's familiar to you. Right. So if you're around lovely palm trees, I would name something, you know, close to what I'm around and enjoying.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's what this is. There's yeah. palms. This yeah. is hometown, right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> so the barefoot mailman, which is what we call them today, the, the uh, mail walker, would make his way to Miami... By the end of Tuesday, and he would spend the night in Miami, resting up, getting you know fueled up, and then walk all the way back on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So he would make his way back to Jupiter, his home, and have a day of rest Sunday, and then do it all over again every week. Um, and they got paid about five hundred dollars a year. Whew.
0: Oh. man make somewhere it around there <laughs> so how many of these barefoot male men were there how many do we know
1: there was a good amount of them probably around 15 to 20 different men single men would do this uh, job it was a it was a, one of the few jobs that actually paid money versus farming and so forth right and Most of the time, they were single men that did this. It's not a job that you want to be away from a family that you have to take care of. Right.
0: Was there only one at a time, or was there multiple men doing this?
1: You know, that's a really great question, and most likely they would overlap each other. There was probably some people that um, could take up if one was ill. Mm. Um, A lot of the houses of refuge keepers and assistants would help out with the routes, Um, Or eventually take over the route when the other person retired. I mean, this is a hard physical job. So you would want to, you would only be able to do this job for a short period of time, in all honesty.
0: And we know many of their names, and many of them have their own interesting stories. We know at least these names. This is from westpalmbeach.com. The names that we know are, quote, Edward Ruthven Bradley, his son Louis, and James Ed Hamilton. They included Andrew Garnett, Charles W. Pierce, George Charter, Bob Dudit, Dan McCarley, Frederick Mattis, Otto Mattis, George Sears, and a man known only as Stafford. End quote. I love that. A man known only as Stafford. You can just imagine the movie about that. Anyway, this is another quote from WestPalmBeach.com. Quote, the last carrier under contract and probably the fastest was Henry John Burkhart. The last to walk the route were Edward, Ned, Pete, and Dan Kelly from 1891 to 1893, but neither was under contract with the U.S. Postal Service end quote. So these were real people with real names. We know who they were. They were Ed and James and Louie and Charles and Frederick. They were just men, single men, who needed a job and this route was their route and it was not an easy task and it wasn't always safe for all of them.
1: James Ed Hamilton. So Ed Hamilton was a barefoot walker. He was the only one that lost his life mm. while being a mail carrier in the Lake Worth area. And it's an interesting story because there's so much speculation about what really happened to him. He was walking his route. He had made it from Jupiter down to the Lake Worth um, Orange Grove House of Refuge. He was staying with the Pierce family. And he had, in the letters and journals of the Pierce family, they they talk about it because it was a uh, a horrible loss for the community. Uh, Ed Hamilton was well known. He was the barefoot mailman walker. And he disappeared. He didn't make it to Biscayne Bay to Miami. And they were wondering what happened to him. They all went looking for him, and when they looked at the inlet, at the Lake Worth inlet where he was supposed to have crossed over in the Biscayne it was the Biscayne Bay inlet that he was supposed to have crossed over. The boat was on the wrong side of the inlet, and his clothes were folded up and hung on the opposite side of the inlet. As if he had taken off his clothes and hung the mail carrier bag and maybe tried to swim across to catch, to grab the boat that was on the wrong side of the inlet. Maybe someone had come along and borrowed the boat, which was not supposed to occur, and he had to find a way to get across. And he never made it across. And so there's speculation of what happened. Did he drown? Did he get attacked by a wild animal? It's a brackish water area, so it could have been a shark. It could have been an alligator. It could have been anything, really. And the Pierce family talks about how he actually had talked about not feeling well the night before. He was supposed to go carry the mail. And they had said, well, maybe you shouldn't go out. You should stay here, you know, start feeling better. One of us will do it for you and so forth. But but Hamilton decided he was going to go anyways. And he had packed in his bag some pain medicine with him. So there's speculation on that. Did he take too much of this pain medicine and then swim across um, the waterway to try to get the boat? No one knows. We just know that he never made it and the mail got left hung on a tree for someone else to find it and carry it without him
0: it's a mystery that i'm sure a lot of people would like to have solved but i'm afraid that the truth of it is not exciting it's tragic ed lost his life doing an important service for people doing something that people really needed and he fell upon an accident and we lost him but he was a good sensed man and he he left the mail on a tree He had his priorities, even in this most dangerous moment, on the mail. Another name stands out in the history of this region, one that you may have heard in that list that I mentioned earlier, especially if you were from Palm Beach. This is something that I have absolutely no reference for. I'm not from this region of Florida, but Rose tells me that the name Charles Pierce has a very specific notoriety in this region of Florida.
1: So Charlie Pierce, if if you grow up in Palm Beach County, the name Charlie Pierce is pretty big, especially if you had fourth grade uh, history in the area, because the the family has continued the lineage of sharing history. And Harvey Oyer, who is one of the great, 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 great grandsons of the Pierce family, wrote these wonderful children's stories about the Pierce family, and Charlie Pierce is the main character, and we learn about the legacy of the Barefoot Mailman and Lake Worth area and the history of it through the eyes of a young child. Charlie had experience growing up up north and then moving down south with with his family. His sister was one of the first white children born in the Lake Worth area. He's one of the few children in the area. It really has no play friends. Mm. It's pioneer times when you are breaking barriers and you're going on an adventure and you have <laughs> no clue what you're going to walk
0: into. I actually bought the book that she's talking about here. I've got it in my hands. It's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting. There's drawings, there's very simple paragraphs and, and big stories for people to hear about. There's even stories about Hamilton. About Ed Hamilton. It's a great read. I mean, if I had this book when I was a kid, I would have been obsessed with it. It is so interesting the way that it recollects this specific story that is certainly engaging for kids. I mean, come on, a traveling mailman? that, that That's something I would have been <laughs> very much into as a kid. But this story, though it is a true one, feels a lot like a folk story. And all good folk stories come to an end. That era passes. There are no more cowboys, you know? And the barefoot mailman went the same way. There was no need for them anymore as technology advanced and the railroad crept down the Atlantic coast. So so why did the barefoot mailman system fade out? Well I mean it was what less than a decade of, of this? What it right?
1: lasted longer than the Pony Express, that's for that's sure. That's pretty good.
0: So why did it why did it sort of go away? Well, it wasn't needed it? anymore. So yeah.
1: it starts in 1885, right? And yeah. then what happens in 1892? Well, Henry Flagler shows up with his trains and his railroads. So by 1892, 1893, actually, a stagecoach gets brought in, Mm. and they start forming roadways. Sure. And so they carved a roadway from Palm Beach to Fort Lauderdale to Miami. Mm. And from there, they no longer needed barefoot mailmen.
0: Why do you think the story sort of sticks out in in history? Why do you think people remember it or like talking about it or or have any fondness for it. Well, what is it about it that... It's so case, unique. There's
1: yeah. nothing like it. The same way that we talk so much about the Pony Express and how that was such a unique way of getting communication to one another. Well, we live by communication even today. Like We will forever talk about the invention of the cell phone and how that has really changed how we connect with people that we care about. And mail was the exact same thing. Mail was how we communicated with one another. And when you're in a barren area where you don't hear from someone, you love for several months to years, having that unique system to allow you to communicate really stands out and you share it with your family.
0: I have to resist my own impulses to romanticize these things, honestly. I'm such a lover of stories like this, it it reminds me of kind of Johnny Appleseed, you know? There's something about a traveling stranger who goes around spreading goodwill as he goes. He's delivering the mail, which is an essential part of life today, and even more so back in the late 19th century. It was our way of communication. It was our only way of communication, really. This person, this, this mailman, was keeping us connected to one another, bringing our words to one another. He probably brought letters from grandparents to grandchildren, from lovers to one another, from a person who wanted to connect with their friend, or, you know, sometimes it was probably the boring, difficult parts of life, bills, bad news, the hard things you have to read, but I'm sure that more often than not, it was words of genuine affection that were traveling down the east coast of Florida, and honestly, how can you not romanticize that? It's pretty romantic.
1: And I think that sometimes we romanticize things to make it bigger and greater than what it was. And then later on, when we have to do mundane things, you know, we were like, well, it wasn't the same way that they did it in the past. And pretty much was yeah, it's the same. It's the same. We just romanticized it to be greater than what it was.
0: I appreciate the truth of the story. I appreciate the reality of what it was, the hardships of it, the importance of it. But it's hard to not put a little pedestal under the barefoot mailman. It is a classic Florida story. We needed to solve a problem, and we did it by walking on the beaches. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wait 5 Minutes. I'm so glad that you are here. If you're brand new to the show or if this is your first episode, welcome. There are some wonderful stories waiting for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It truly helps the show become more visible and it means a lot to me to know that you enjoy the show. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WFMPod. If you want to send me a message, you can do so at WFMPod at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. I'd like to give a very special thank you to Rose Guerrero. If you want to see more of her work and more of what her museum is up to, head to the link in the description to plan your visit and learn even more about the wonderful stories of Palm Beach. All right, I'll be back next week with another brand new episode. Until then, be good to yourself, be good to others, and please drink more water. Have a good one. See you next week.